how do you effectively build a real estate investing team that makes you profit every single month, all while creating synergy? To effectively build a real estate investing team while creating synergy, you have to realize that you have to be a leader. You have to set expectations. Now, I have been one of the people in the past who have not set expectations. I was one that demanded a lot from people and I learned from my mistakes and my failures. And to be quite honest with you, I failed. <laughs> so with that said, I actually feel like you have to take ownership of your business. And before you create a team and hire out and bring a team together, you have to take ownership and you have to be clear in communication and know what your end goal is. That will help you lead effectively and it will help you communicate effectively. So for a real estate investing team, let me talk to you about what I have uh, going on and what the makeup of my team looks like. So essentially, I'm practicing all four real estate pillars, wholesaling and wholesaling. Wholesaling is a little different. Um, we're buying properties up, you know, doing minimums to it, and we're putting them on the market, basically getting a profit for doing next to nothing. Trash out and clean up, that's it. Fix and flip, explained, uh, basically buying a property, um, buying it distressed, making it look beautiful, turning it from beast into beauty. And we're doing long-term rentals, getting, you know, managing renters and things like that. And then we're doing short-term rentals, managing guests. And that takes a powerhouse team. So what does my team look like? I'm gonna tell you so that you can better understand how you can build your team. So when I first started, it was myself. I was the real estate investor and I was the real estate agent. Um, this was 18 years ago, and I already had the first team member, like I said, investor and then agent. I was my own realtor, but I did have to have a real estate attorney, and I've gone through a few real estate attorneys over the years, and I've got a really good one right now that I'm really excited to continue to work with, but I had to have a real estate attorney. Some people don't have attorney states. They are in title states, title company states, but you need a closing attorney, a closing coordinator, whether it's an attorney or a title company, you need somebody that will represent you. And if you do volume, they'll actually give you breaks, basically give you less in, in, in bills or expenses or charges. They're gonna actually give you a lot better deal if you do more volume. So you want somebody on your team that will give you the best deal possible and that will represent you to the highest uh, manner. I actually had a closing about a year ago and my attorney found out while I was at closing, and I don't go to a lot of them anymore, but I was actually in this one uh, myself. But I had my attorney tell me that this seller was pulling his wool over, uh, pulling the wool over my eyes, and they found a, a material misrepresentation that was based on what was going on in the HOA, and he lied to me, telling me something else had to be done to the property when, in fact, there was a different way that had to be procured to make the property you know, represent the neighborhood well and conform. But he lied because it was gonna cost me like 60 to $70,000 more in renovation by basically bricking the whole four sides. And he only told us it was gonna be the front side. And the front side was already bricked, but he told us that the rest of the three sides could be hardy plank siding. And I was okay with that. But when my attorney found that while we were at closing, she came to me, told me what the HOA just told her at, while we were at closing, I had to walk away and she saved me um, $5,000 in earnest money because the guy lied to me. And then she also saved me a lot more, maybe $60,000 in profits that I would have lost if I continued on in that deal. 
some attorney or a title company, somebody that represents you at the closing is a must. On top of that, you need a real estate um, insurance company, somebody that is an insurance broker that can give you the best deals possible for your fix and flips, your long-term rentals, and your short-term rentals. You wanna make sure that all properties are equally protected and specifically for your short-term rentals, you wanna make sure that it covers you with short-term rental insurance. Beyond that, you need a good maintenance person, somebody that will do your maintenance, your handyman work, when stuff happens on your long-term rentals and your short-term rentals. And you also wanna have somebody who actually cares for you and constructs your property, your contractor, your project manager, or your general contractor who is giving you a good product um, as you go along the rehab. So your rehab needs to come out to a good grade of product, whether it's a fix and flip, it's a long-term rental or a short-term rental, you wanna have sure, you wanna make sure that you have a good end product in place. And once, let's say the long-term rental or the short-term rental is on the market, your handyman or whoever can come in and fix stuff as things happen. Outside of that, you want a team. Um, I have my team, that is my initial team when I first started. Now, as, I'm grown, as I've grown over the years, I recently had a business partner. Now he is, we have separated, he went his way and I went my way, but we were raising capital and doing a lot of in-house work. And that's, that was my role as kind of like a, a COO, an operations officer. His role was, per, was someone out, that was out there managing people, more like a, a CEO, I guess. Somebody that was out there running the jobs, overseeing stuff, as well as talking to an investor. And we represented the, the company really well. Um, now, when we separated, I had to take on both sides of those roles and I had to hire quickly because I couldn't do everything anymore. So I brought in contractors to represent me. I built my team out. And then on top of that, my wife had already had her license. So now she became the realtor. I was no longer the realtor anymore. She's the realtor. She's selling properties for us now. And from there, we had a listing coordinator, somebody that would actually oversee our project, a transaction coordinator, somebody that would actually see the paperwork and make sure that contracts went smoothly from contract to closing. And she impressed me so much that as we're volume flipping, I actually took a lot of the listings away from my wife so she can have freed up time because she was working from sunup to sundown. A lot of times she was on her laptop at night and she just didn't have a lot of time to you know, bring back to the family. So I wanted to finally start pulling away time from her so that she can actually have more meaningful time with the family. So we gave more work to the closing coordinator, the transaction coordinator, who eventually became one of our two listing agents. My wife is one, and then this other person is one. So we have two agents. Outside of that, I have an administrative assistant, which is also my sister-in-law. And she handles everything from paying bills to calling uh, you know, contractors, to, to paying for bills um, over the phone, doing phone sales. She's paying um, insurance people. On top of that, she's running out to a project if I need her. She's calling uh, and setting up utilities. And that is a big job. From there, we have our long-term rentals in place. And I actually elevated her into another position where she can make more money. So the same person that's doing my admin stuff is actually renting out our properties and doing property management through our software that we're using through a company called Hemlane. And it is allowing us to do everything effectively through one portal, but she's the one actually showing the properties and renting those out. And I'm giving her first month's rent as a commission on top of her salary. So that is running as an effective team. Outside of that, my wife and I share equal duties of responding to our guest on our short-term rentals. 
If something happens or somebody has a question, either one of us will actually respond through Airbnb or VRBO and we are communicating effectively. And then if something comes up where we need a handyman or, or an electrician or a plumber on that side of town, wherever the short-term rental is, my admin assistant steps in. So you can see that it requires a lot of work to run this kind of business, this kind of setup. And that's not even the, the whole picture. We have subcontractors we're communicating with on all of our jobs, the rehabs, you know, the fix and flips, the, the, um, the long-term rentals and the short-term rentals. And then guess what? We still have to find properties. Not only are we having to renovate and sell properties, we have to find properties. It used to be myself with my two girls. My two girls, we would pump, I would give them, I would pull lists through a company called PropStream. And I would, I would actually go in and stack these lists and have addresses with abandoned homes and absentee owners. And I would send out letters, mass letters. So I would hire my daughters, my 16 year old and, and 12 year old, I would hire them and they would stuff letters into envelopes and print out the addresses and we would mail them. And then people would call to my Google Voice and I was the one answering these phone calls. Guess what? I'm so busy. In the last year, I've had a chance to actually teach two people who have actually come on as acquisition agents and they're bringing me properties full time. So I've cut myself out of the picture. So you see over the transition from start to finish over 18 years, I've slowly delegated my time and I've cut myself out of the picture. And I'm going to continue to do so as months go by and years go by. I'm going to continue to elevate my own role to give myself more time as well as my wife's. And we're going to go ahead and delegate ourselves back to other people as our business keeps growing and growing and growing. Outside of that, REI Society, I have my videographer, Joel. I have my marketing guy, Kenny. Like it is a powerhouse team and we are pushing content like crazy. So it's a lot. How do I do this effectively? It's communication. It's admitting failures. It's admitting when you're wrong. It's being vulnerable. If you're having a bad month, sharing what's going on with your people. Um, if you are, if you are distressed, you tell them. Now I wouldn't go into like the ups and downs of an entrepreneur 100% with all of my people, but if I'm really having a bad month or I'm really having just a bad season, I'm going to share not only my frustrations, but my, the things that are dealing, that I'm dealing with on my mind. And it's all about clear communication. I can't run this team effectively without clear communication and without setting expectations. Like I said earlier on, you have to set expectations. I have to guide my people. I am the character who is the leader in this business and I have to give guidance. But I've also told everybody their own independent roles and they know that they have the freedom to do whatever they need to do unless it's an emergency or unless it's a certain price point. Don't involve me, but if it's beyond that, do involve me and they will basically do what they need to do to keep the ship moving forward. So as you see, we are continuously being communicative and efficient and it streamlines this team through all of our different data systems, through all the different texting platforms, through all of the different brandings and, and all the feed communications are, I mean, communications going through the feeds. Like it is a powerhouse ship. It is a powerhouse team and we are communicating daily. We have software, we have applications on our phones. I use Asana. I'm using Asana to tell my team what to do. We have our short-term rental and long-term rental company, LLCs, and then we have our fix and flip and wholesale company, LLCs. And those have 
integrations where I can put messages back to the people who are in charge for each individual transaction and everybody knows their own role and their own identity. So let's talk about failures as we're wrapping this video up. Failures. Over the years, I have not been paying people well and it took me to dissolve in my last partnership to realize what I want to do moving forward over the last couple of years to build my own team out and to build it effectively. And it is everything that I've already said before, but it's also paying people well. Um, if you're having a good month, pay people good. If you're having a bad month, talk to your people and see if they can work with you. This is a sales business. If you are having six months where you're not making income and you have a whole team of people, talk to them. But, you know, let's just say that you have a business that is moving forward and you are all charging in the same direction, especially with real estate right now, with an appreciating market all across the United States, business is good. So I have incentive programs. My assistant, who is also the rental agent, um, you're finding us renters for our long-term rentals, she also gets a 1% volume bonus on the gross or the gross sales, the gross profits for each quarter. On top of that, my kids, I took them out of the role of stuffing letters since my acquisition guys are on. Now they're making money each month and I'm paying them to go do jobs like, like for short-term rentals, building furniture, they're cleaning, they're cleaning our dishes in our house, they're doing stuff that we don't wanna do. We're delegating all the stuff that we don't want anymore to them and they're doing it and I'm paying them well. They're teenagers, they complain from time to time, but before when I was do, having them do letters, I was paying them like $50 here, $100 there. And they complain because it was a lot of work. It'd take them multiple days to get these letters and pumping them out. But now I'm paying them really well and they're doing this work and they're doing it with pride. Sure, they're teenagers, they still have their comments, but they are moving forward and understanding that I'm paying them big money. I'm paying them $1,000 a month each. It's a tax shelter for me per my CPA. Now they're buying their own clothes and stuff like that and I'm getting the tax right off for it, a loophole per se but they're actually having to earn that money by doing work. And now they're paying for all that through their own, their own accounts. So not only is it a tax loophole for me, I'm showing them how to work as a good steward for the money that's being brought to them. So they're a steward of that money and they are moving forward in a manner of knowing that hard work leads to profit. All hard work leads to profit uh, if you have smart systems in place. What I'm trying to say is, it's all, it's all a play of communication and excellence with leadership that you take responsibility for, smart systems and application, and really running it like a powerhouse and admitting failures when you make mistakes, having you know conversation, clear communication with those people in your team, loving on them, paying them more, uh, as best as you can for the roles that you're giving them, and know and let everybody know that you're in it to win it together. If you have an opinion, go ahead and comment below. I actually read all the comments and respond to them. Hit that like button and subscribe if you want more REI Society information.